Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, welcome back to Marriage or Martinis. I'm Adam and here's Danielle. Hi. I uh, I know I said last week about having fun editing the episode and the interviews. I kind of like having fun and doing these interviews. This one was fun too. I yeah. like talking to this guy. And I think you could tell from this interview, I kind of had a little bit of fun here because I was talking more than I usually do. And I think you noticed that, I hope, because you tell me I don't talk enough or ask enough questions. Well, you could benefit... I could too. Both of us could benefit so much. I know they do. Uh, we'll get into what executive coaching is, but they do it for adults. And you and I are like, we should be the poster. They need to hire us as their adult poster kids, poster boys, poster girls, poster people sure. for their company because, oh my gosh, would we benefit from executive function coaching? Yeah. Just unfortunately, um, you know, our kids need it too. So I have to decide. We could be the poster family. Poster family, yeah. yes. I I feel like always in August, I get that like Sunday feeling. You know that Sunday feeling before you go back to the work week and you start to kind of get depressed and like feel like overwhelmed? Yes. I feel like th- all of August is that for me because I get this stressed feeling that I'm starting to think about fighting with the kids about homework and all the extracurriculars and driving around and the like lack of motivation that I have to deal with with the kids and all this stuff that I personally don't know how to teach them. And I have huge anxiety when August comes because I have to deal with you dealing with the kids. Precisely. And it drives me insane. Precisely. There's so much wrong with that statement, but we will get into that <laughs> sure. now. Uh, but I first learned about um, Beyond Booksmart uh, from somebody who uh, was talking to me about our oldest daughter who, um, you know, is so, so bright, not always quite as motivated as we would like her to be. Um, And so she started working with a Beyond Book Smart coach, executive function coach, which has been incredible for her. And I just felt like uh, it would be awesome to have um, the founder, Michael Delman, come on and talk to us about things that we can start doing to make this school year not like all the others, to make it better, less stressful, um, you know, flow more easily and smoothly. And so he answers a ton of our questions and a ton of our listeners' questions about everything from homework to uh, motivation to organization. And it's really helpful. 
During the past 12 years, Michael's team of experienced educators and clinicians have developed a system for coaching students and adults that is unrivaled, and they have over 375 tools and strategies that can be customized for each student's needs. And he also wrote the book, Your Kid's Gonna Be Okay, which we talk about during the episode. So I just feel like anything that we can do uh, to make the school year, you know, a little nicer for all of us, I'm down. I also wanted to throw in there, by the way, I think I had one of his favorite questions in there, and it was something that he had never even researched before, so I thought I was going to stump him a little bit, but man. Yes, it was an Adam original. (laughs) (laughs) He loved it, he tackled it, and he answered it. I was really impressed. I think he didn't know what to make of it at first, but yeah, but it was a good question. smart question. It was a very smart question. I give you so much credit. (laughs) All right, so uh, here's Michael Delman of Beyond Booksmart, and I think you're really going to get a lot of good information. Yeah, enjoy the conversation. So, hey, Michael. Hey, Danielle. Hey, Adam. Hey, how are you? Thanks for so much for being with us tonight. Yeah, pleasure. I know you're really busy, and um, you know that I feel like now we're getting in the back to school mode. Um, and I don't know how many parents out there feel like I do, but the second our, our school year starts the beginning of September, I know a lot of places start a lot earlier. But the second that August first date hits, I just start having <laughs> such stress and such agenda because I feel like the summer's almost over, even though there's, there's a month left, and I'm starting to get the emails from schools and the supply lists and all this stuff and I just I can no longer relax yeah well the anticipation of the homework and scheduling and getting them ready and up in the morning so it's the anticipation starts you know a month too early it, I, I was up in uh, Portland Oregon for a vacation last week and there was a guy at the grocery store putting up a back-to-school supplies thing I walked by him and I said please please not yet yeah just, I know just put it back you give us another week. I mean, we're so not ready, but I, I, I get it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's feeling the same. Not, not yet. Not today. Right. And I really do. I start to get uh, that feeling of, because we have three kids. We have one starting high school this year, our daughter, um, and we have one starting middle school. And then I have, my youngest is going to be in third grade now. So he's on the cusp of like, now it kind of, you know, I have to really start to get him to, you know, be a little bit more independent and he's not a baby anymore. So this year is going to be a lot of big changes and uh, really three jam-packed schedules. So, okay, so you are, I think people are used to, um, I think when they first hear executive function coach, they think, okay, number one, what is that? Um, mm-hmm. And and not to be uh, not to be confused with a tutor, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, my kids have been tutored for years, but that's more of like, a, well, they need help on a math test or they need, it's a much more specific subject-based approach. Well, it's, mm-hmm. much more, it's much more specific to school work and that's it. Like being able to know what you're talking about and doing well on a test specifically yeah. towards a certain subject or not this all around. Well, I'll let you explain it. Not yeah, me. <laughs> if you want to talk a little bit. I think you guys should do, you guys are doing better than I do. <laughs> So tell everybody how executive function function coaching is different than, you know, just tutoring. Yeah. So, you know, when 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 I think about tutors, I'm I'm usually thinking about, oh, what's the crisis du jour, you know? What 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 uh what mess are we dealing with today? Is it a math test? Is it an English paper? And and you're generally looking for someone who can kind of come to the rescue, help your kid get through 
a particular subject or a particular nightmarish assignment and, uh, and move on. Um, but that pattern might continue for years and years and years because every year brings with it new subjects, new crises. There are certain challenges that are there every year and that if kids kind of learn them early, they've got those skills for years and years, if not for the, their whole lives. And these are these executive function skills. So executive function skills, when, when we're talking about those, we mean self-management skills, the ability to manage yourself. So um, think of a math tutor, someone that is an expert with numbers and pattern recognition and maybe geometry and algebra, and that's the expertise they're gonna convey to you. Well, an executive function coach is gonna help a kid and the parents to some extent learn how to manage themselves. So manage stress, manage focus, manage like time management, organization, all of those sorts of things that they're going to need for the rest of their lives, whether they go on to a career in math, English, science, or whatever. Yeah. And for Does me, that- the, 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 yeah, that's great. And for me, the, the tutor aspect of it, um, before I even knew about executive function coach, and I actually had found out about you uh, through my daughter's therapist, um, because mm-hmm. she recommended you guys as you know as needing my my daughter needs help with motivation and all that stuff. So um, mm-hmm. when I when I first learned about you, the thing about tutoring to me and my kids have been having tutoring for years is that it's expensive, you know, as as most of these services are. But the thing I like about executive function coaching is that the reason I mostly have tutors for them is that. It's an hour or two out of the week where I don't have to worry about fighting with them about their work. I put it in the hands mm-hmm. of somebody else. And for those mm-hmm. few hours, they're dealing with helping them get the assignments done. But executive function coaching might make it so that my kids no longer need tutoring because they're going to get to do it themselves. Right? Yes. Yes. The, you know, the idea um, and, and, you know, what I do when I'm coaching my students or when any of my coaches are, are coaching um, the idea is for the student to become increasingly independent. So we are looking at um, a student increasingly knowing what to do, not just, oh, I got through this, I got through that. Um, it's not just to get through, it's to really get it, to understand. That's how you do it. That's how I approach a problem I've never seen before. Oh, this is how I go in for extra help in a way that's really going to work and get me to become a better student. So it's not better grades today. It's a better student over a period of time. Is this a new concept, a new idea? Because I've never heard of this until I was introduced to your work. Um, is this something that you created or kind of maybe built upon? I, I think built upon. Um, there, you know, there have been some people doing this for 20, 25 years. We've been doing it for 13. Um, 13 years ago, uh, you know, we started Beyond Booksmart, and the, you know, the idea. Um, was so so my background may be just a little bit uh, you know relevant here. I was a teacher for eight years and I loved it. I taught math, I taught English, I taught science. Um, and as, as I'm a huge fan of semicolons and fractions, just like the rest of us. I'm sure everyone <laughs> yeah. else is too. That's what we talk oh, about yeah. every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. But at some point, you know, I was thinking, well, there's got to be a little bit more. There's got to be something that um, could make a kid not just, you know, learn a little bit of information, but actually feel like they understood why school mattered and they understood why it was important to go to school. And so, so I, I shifted from that to starting my own school. So I, I created a charter school in the Boston area um, 
the focus is really kids becoming increasingly independent and being able to learn life skills. Um, they all write graduation speeches, et cetera. And from there, I thought, you know, even better is not dealing with um, all of the difficulties you deal with in a bureaucracy, like the way schools are and always probably will be. And to be able to help one-on-one -on -one with families and give them exactly what they need, exactly what this kid needs. So, um, so to answer your question, Adam, you know, really directly, there's not a lot of this going on um, because most people are focused on really whatever fire they have to put out today. And they're not right. thinking, you know, as much about, oh, wow, this is a human being who they've got so much talent and capacity. And if I can help figure out what motivates them, where their talents are, um, what are these, you know, kind of generic and, and, and broadly applicable set of skills that would make them really, really effective everywhere? Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that's what it would be. So that, that's, I mean, that's why it's a passion for me. It's not just, um, it's not just a job. Yeah, no, this sounds <laughs> awesome. I mean, what a great concept. I, I mean, I wish we had this when we were growing up because we could have definitely used something like this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could have. I yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you said one thing, what you were just saying before, where you, you teach the why, why is school important? Why do you need to learn yourself how to, and I'm not discounting um, tutors in any means, you know, at all. What they do is incredible and, and extremely important, but it's more about teaching you how to do this thing and making you good at this thing. There's not the why behind it. It's not, why are you doing it? Why am I doing this for you to show you how to do this? It's just, here it is, do it and go get a good grade. Right, right. And that may be enough of a why for some kids, you know, oh, I just want to get a good grade. Sure. And maybe for some kids, it's, well, I want a good grade so I can go to a good call. But what do you do, you know, in this modern era where a lot of kids are actually thinking, I don't even know if I want to go to a good college. Right. Or it's so expensive, yada, yada, yada. I had a kid, um, I'm actually still working with him, but uh, we had this breakthrough not, not too long ago because I, I asked him, um, what would it take for you to really want to do this work? And he said, well, there's probably nothing that would make me want to do it because I don't really see the point of learning it. And I said, all right, you know, what, what do you have any future ambitions? He said, yeah, I'd like to, you know, start my own computer consulting business and design video games. A lot of kids, like, I want to design the next big Fortnite or whatever. Mm -hmm. And right. So I, I said, okay, that's interesting. You'll go to college to learn some of those skills. And he said, oh no. I don't need to go to college. Um, I'm just going to start my own business with a few good friends. I said, oh, okay. Have you ever done that before? Have you ever started your own business? And he said, well, no. And I said, you know, I've done that. Um, and he said, yeah. And I said, you know what skills it takes? He said, don't tell me it takes algebra. Don't tell me it takes history and biology because it's not true. I said, no, but it does take doing things that you don't like to do for long periods of time. Right. It does. It does take being able to juggle a whole bunch of balls. Some of which are ones that you're really good with and others are really challenging. I mean, you know, do you think it's going to be all just kind of figuring out the, the game interface and the user interface? And, or do you think there might be other things involved too that, that are actually not so funny? Like, oh my gosh. So bright enough kid, but didn't really appreciate that the school lesson he needed to learn was about uh, persistence and being able to handle frustration and being able to manage time and all those things. So this is this kid went from 
it went from really putting in no more than 15 or 20 minutes of homework in and just relying on kind of like a natural snappiness that he had to putting in oh, three, four hours of homework a night just to prove that he had the ability to stay with it. Yeah. So that's what I mean about motivation. Right. The motivation was not the grades for this subject. It was proving to himself that, okay, I'm tough enough to be successful. That was his motivation. I think a lot of us, a lot of parents think, you know, the, when the, we think about our kids in this scenario, we say, well, we just don't have naturally motivated kids, you know, because there are children out there. Some of my, I do have friends whose kids come home and they just do their homework and they don't have to be asked. And I'm like, oh my God, that would never happen in our household. You know, like that is just not the way my kids are or how I would say they're hardwired or, you know, they just, or maybe it's that Adam and I aren't even like that. So it's hard for how, where are our kids learning it from? Would you say to parents out there that pretty much every kid has the potential or that can absolutely become an independent, self-motivated kid with the right steps? Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, with rare exceptions of major, you know, major brain injuries and things like that. Sure. Um, so, you know, when I was writing my book, I, I dedicated the entire first chapter to the topic of motivation because parents ask about that so much. And, and we all think about why doesn't my kid get out and practice soccer a little bit more if she wants to be on the varsity team? Mm-hmm. Like that's my own daughter. And, and she, well, the reason is she's super motivated to be on the varsity swimming team, which she's great at. And for soccer, she'll be okay with JV or, or varsity. So I, I get it. When kids come home from school, some of them simply do just want to get down to business, get the work done. Um, if you're looking for how do you get your kid to a place like that? I mean, there's kind of two levels of answers. Um, the first level is how do you just get them to do it and, and, and get the job done? Uh, and then the other is, how do you get them to want to do it? So do you, do you want me to kind of explain the, the difference be, between those two? Is that Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the, you know, when I put questions out to our audience, the number one thing was, how do I just get my kid to do it? I'm tired of screaming. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of making him think that, you know, um, this like hostile parent who, you know, that's not, I just want them to do their damn work like you know it's that's it and it seems simple enough that but it's it's really complicated it it is complicated I I think you know obviously it depends on the age of the kids so there you know there's an age where um most kids will do it works not over their heads they they, they're not completely confused they'll do it because they're in fourth grade and and mom or dad asks them to and they want to please and then they hit maybe six or maybe it's seventh grade for some and that changes because if they if they're doing it, they're not going to do it to make mom and dad happy. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it because they don't want to get in trouble at school. That might motivate. It might be because they like looking smart. It might be because they actually enjoy the work. Um, with the younger kids, I think the first thing to look at. So when I'm saying younger, I'm going to talk about kindergarten through maybe sixth grade or so. All right. So before the hormones have like really kicked in. Mm -hmm. So in those early years, the thing to do is to understand what's in the way. Uh, Are they afraid? Are they intimidated? Do they not understand the directions? Do they just not have the energy? Are they exhausted after school? So one of the things we do when when kids come home and they're resistant is we start with this acronym HALT, like HALT, um, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. 
So you want to start with those basic things. Is, is this kid just need a snack? Are they frustrated about something? Are they feeling bad about something? Are they just exhausted? So you want to make sure to, ex, you know, kind of exclude those, those, like those things. All right. So we've, we've ruled that out. Next is, do you understand what the assignment's asking you to do? You know, like, what do you think it's asking? And you don't have to do it. See, this is, this is a strategy I use with, with kids is I say, don't worry about getting the work done. Just tell me what you think it's going to, you know, ask you to do. And then we could figure out when you'll do it or if you'll do it or, but let's make sure you understand it. Sometimes it's that, like, it really can be that much, Danielle, that they just don't even get what the assignment is. So of course they're not going to do it if they don't get it. All right. So now we've checked off that they, they're not hungry, angry, lonely, tired. They understand it. Maybe they're just overwhelmed. They do understand it. They really understand it. It's just, holy moly, that is too much. I can't do it. That's like, you know, um, hey, guys, can we go jog? Um, you two mind going for a jog with me? I, I'd really like to have, I really think this would be important for you. We're going to go about, say, 10 or 15 miles. Sound good? You know, well, no, that right. doesn't sound good at all. I just, you know, especially think about it from a kid's perspective, right? They just went to school for the day. They didn't get paid, but that's their job. And now they come home and they have a second unpaid job. And their new their new bosses are people that don't even understand the, the, the job that well, right? So so it's second unpaid job and so I'm not saying pay them. What I am saying is uh, we are a little bit. Of, uh, well, I, I think some of us have, would if it would work. <laughs> I think Sometimes we, I think our kids have asked. Yeah. Like five dollars to do this homework today, mom. Right. right? Yeah. Actually, I'll tell you a funny thing about that. Um, there's there's this one. Um, one thing I've done with kids, it's not to get them to do their work. It's to get them to double check their work. So sometimes when they um, I've had I've had kids say, I'm done. It's great like really it's really great you sure and they're like yeah i'm like are you ten dollars sure mm -hmm. like what do you mean ten dollars sure like well if i bet you ten dollars you know you're that confident that you've really got this right and that you would get back an a and uh, on this assignment or are you just kind of tired and you don't want to do anymore are you for real yeah i'm for real let's bet ten so that actually sometimes making it into a bit of a game and 10 bucks might be too much. Maybe it's a dollar or maybe two does the dishes for the rest of the week, you know, but there can be little things turn into a game, dare them a little. Um, there's a bell curve. I, I, I kind of can't show your viewers, but if you picture one of those bell curves on one side are kids that are too bored to work. They just find the work unengaging. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're bored on the other side of the bell curve. So, you know, there's your bell at the top on the other side is kids who are too anxious to work. This is why the answer is not a simple one. You've got to know which side the kid is on of the bell curve. If they're too bored, inject some humor, make it a game, make it a challenge. I'd like to see what you could do in five minutes. You're telling me this is like super boring. It's so dumb. Okay. Let me just see what you can do in five minutes. Prove to me that it's so easy, you know, and, and, and then, okay, you don't want to finish it. Hey, that's your grade. I, I, I'm not in school. You're the one go. You're the one in third grade. You're the one in eighth grade. You know, whatever. It's your life, not mine. That's the board kid. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So let's look at the other side of the curve, the kid who's too anxious. And with that, with that child, we don't say to them, oh, gee, I dare you to finish in five minutes, you know, or let me see. We don't challenge that kid. The kid's already anxious. They already have a different kind of challenge. So what we do say to that kid is, all right, don't worry about it. If you can't finish it, that's fine. Why don't we just see what you can get done in five minutes? And then you could decide if you want to keep going or not. So either way, you can help them with setting a five-minute goal. But with the one kid, it's a challenge. With the other kid, it's a, if you don't mind, and let's just see where it goes from there. But in both cases, kind of Danielle, back to this, you know, this parent angst about it. I think when parents are able to extract their own emotion from it, but I'm a dad, I've got two teenage daughters. This is not easy to do, but when we can, when we can feel the temperature rising in the room and go, Oh, that's interesting. They're stressed out. Now I'm stressed out. Uh, I think this is really, I'll let them have their problem with the homework and not add to it by them having a problem with me Mm. because we can be a great distraction for their homework. So, you know, the motivation is already there. This, you, you, you know, you're going to have to hear that one a couple of times to begin to believe it. But every kid wants to, they don't want to look dumb. You know, they like to be competent. But if they're not doing it, it's either because they just find this exhausting and dull. And so we need to find a way to up the ante, or they find it overwhelming and frustrating and confusing. So we need to find a way to chunk it, break it down give them a much smaller hill to climb so they don't have to go jogging for 12 or 13 miles. And instead it's like, Hey, let's just take a little walk to the mailbox, come back. Let's see later on if we feel like pushing it a little further. So we break it down into manageable um, pieces with them. Does, Does that help with a start on the motivation piece? Yeah, 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 I think I think having the tools to, like you said, the starting the five minutes, and you do that a lot in your book, which is so awesome. You give so many, um, you know, I think tangible ways to to try to approach each of these scenarios, which is great. Um, I think we get, I think we lose our temper so quickly and everything because it really is. It's such a frustrating. Uh, situation and I'm really guilty of it I always you know I gets to a certain point where just do your homework do your homework but it's the same thing like I always say about I'm always telling my kids put your stuff away but you know put your you know your shoes away or you're this away well if they don't know where away is then that that doesn't really make it you know and so oftentimes it's like okay well you need to have the actual place where they know that away is so like you're saying here you know you, you could say to your kid all as much as you want you need to do your work you need to do your work but like you're saying there might be you need to get what is the root of why they aren't doing it it's you know and and work from there and i, I think have- that's smart well, I, I really appreciate it. And, I, you know, one more, um, I think parents deserve a little bit of empathy, too. Um, you know, we're trying our best. And part of the frustration for us is how predictable the problems are. Like, oh, my gosh, we're going to deal with this 
stupid thing about putting things away again? Don't they just want to get it done? And so we don't have to have this battle every day, you know, or don't they just want to do their homework? So we don't have to have another battle, another, you know, aggravating conversation. Don't they want that? Don't they see how much easier it would be if they just did what I'm asking them to do? Um, And the answer is, you know, yes, they, they, they would like that too. Um, Right. But but it's hard, you know, it's hard for us to be the adult in the room when it, it seems so, so simple. Why, why, why don't they do it? Why, why can't they just do it? Um, I do think that defining it for the kids is good. Um, Even better, one step further is having the kids define it for themselves. So when it comes to like putting things away or having, you know, a clean room or a neat backpack, it's really great if we can say, I'm going to neaten this up for you and in the future, keep it clean. That's kind of nice. But it's even better if we can say, so, you know, I've been thinking about your room and, and I'd like it to be neater. Do you have any idea what it is that I mean by that? Like what, I don't know. You probably mean make my bed. Okay. Anything else? Clothes off the floor? Yeah. Maybe one or two more things. I don't know. I don't know anything else. All right. Well, I'm going to leave it at that for now. How about this? How about we make a deal that the only two things you need to do right now, make your bed and take the clothes off the floor. Those are the two things you named. That's a good start. And so, you know, we build on that. We start with these small wins, but that's an easy win because they've named it. They've noticed it. Mm. Now, if they say nothing, you know, then it might be, all right, well, here's what we're going to do since you, because they may just be obstinate and not want to name anything. So, cause they may know where you're going. Right. So you just say, you say, all right, tell you what, smarty pants. Um, I'm going to do one thing in here and you just have to watch me and you get to watch me clean your room. Really? Yeah, yeah I'll clean your room. Um, and you just do this one thing. You make the bed. You say, what do you think? I don't know. It still looks messy, but because good enough for you. Great. It's good enough for me for today because we're not going to try to whatever, you know, build Rome in one day. So you do one thing. Um, and this kind of like just one thing approach is something kids buy into. The other thing that they buy into is um, the I do, we do, you do approach, where at the beginning I will model for them. And then we'll do it together. So the next time, like, hey, help me out with the bed. You know what to do. And then the next time it's you do this. Now, of Mm -hmm. course, they might not do it. And that's where you need to think about, all right, is this important to me? Why is it important to me? Should there be consequences for this? What are the natural consequences? You know, that's a big conversation I'm happy to have. But, you know, anything anywhere you want to go from here is good with me. One of the most frustrating things is uh, is the actual battle of trying to get your kid to do something, because usually the battle is longer than the task that they have to do. You know, when it comes <laughs> to putting your thing away, or I know homework takes time, but the little things, put the thing away, put your shoes in the, it takes three seconds. The battle is five minutes. I mean, is there an easier way just to get right to the point and like get over that hump of the battle? Is there any suggestions or techniques that you have to deal with that? Yeah. I mean, you know, my smart ass answer is, yeah, just do it yourself or just ignore it. And, and, you know, if it doesn't affect you, I mean, if it's the dishes and that's their family job, great. If it's their messy room, um, 
and I don't know if you saw this in the introduction to the book, but uh, there was a kid who I worked with who his mom wanted me to help him with his writing, with his messy room, with this and that. He was a sophomore in high school. His room was really messy. And I asked him what he wanted to work on. He said, this is writing, not his room. One morning, Adam, he calls me up. It was a Sunday morning. And he said, oh, my gosh, I need you to come over and help me clean my room. I said, it's a very bizarre thing that you're a high school boy calling me on a Sunday right. morning for cleaning your room. This better be good. He said, the soccer scouts are coming. I'm being scouted like early for college stuff. This is a big deal. I can't find my jersey. I said, gosh, that really stinks for you. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, I said, how's your mom doing? He's like, she's kind of celebrating a little bit right now. <laughs> right. I said, you really want me to come over? He said, I really do. I went over, you know, it took us about half an hour to um, put enough things away that he could find his soccer jersey. I said, do you intend to keep your room clean? He said, no. I said, so did you learn anything from this? He said, yes. I learned that my soccer jersey needs to be in a place I can find it. Mm -hmm. I still don't care about 90% of this stuff. So the motivation, you know, his motivation is is relevant to things that really really matters to him. Now that's my smart aleck answer. The the, the hopefully a little um, gentler and more thoughtful answer is um, is one that is just more you know it's a pragmatic one. So what you can do with a kid who is making a big deal out of a, a thirty second task or a three minute task turns into twenty minutes of, of bickering. Give them thirty minutes to do something that they want to do, but it's after they get the thing done that they need to get done. Mm -hmm. So it, sequence is everything, you know, it's, um, Oh, I'm not telling you, you can't, you can't do whatever it is. Uh, you know, you want to do the, the macrame project or you want to speak to your friend on the phone or whatever, but you know, you've got right now, we got a lot of things going on. I've got, you've got 30 minutes to do whatever you want once you finish that task so you know that that's incentive now mm -hmm. that's that's rigging the game in your favor right and in the kids i mean it's rigging the game in the favor of your of our children because our kids do need to learn that we don't eat dessert first generally you know we, we there's an we in like in our family the culture is work before play not always there are exceptions like vacation or there's a special thing that we need to do that, you know, there's a sports event or whatever, but generally work before play, just what we do, you know, you can take breaks, but yeah. I, so I think that if you structure it so that um, you don't, you know, I'm not telling you, you can't have fun. I'm just saying it's going to come after you do this. And, and if you want to waste your whole time bickering with me, you know, uh, it's okay, but I'm, I'm actually busy myself. I've got things to do too. So yeah. um, you can just you can just sit there right? well, whenever you're ready. My my daughter, who's going to be in high school, has been working with one of your coaches who's phenomenal. Um, and mm. and one of the things that she was teaching her about, which is something actually that I'm going to apply to my own life, um, is about so she, she my daughter has a tendency to procrastinate, as I think a lot of kids do. Um, and I think what she's really procrastinating about is that ultimately when she starts her work, there's going to be something there that she doesn't want to do. You know, maybe half of her homework or three quarters of her homework isn't so bad. It's this one thing. And um, your coach taught uh, Mia about eating the frog. 
<laughs> so that the, you do you eat the frog first right you do the thing first and get it out of the way and I need to do that too because a lot of the times what I'm procrastinating about in my own life is this it's it's I have 10 little things and then there's this one huge thing that is bothering me but I like the idea of eating the frog and getting that thing done you know first and then and then the rest of the night isn't as stressful because the most important thing is done and those other tasks don't seem so terrible. Yeah, I love that. Um, so eat the frog is a great thing. You know, we didn't invent it if eat the frog first, but it is a great, great metaphor. And um, there's an app that I, I, I recommend, one that I, I, I use. Um, it's called One Big Thing. And it's got, it. you know, on your phone, there's this large section that says big thing. And then there are three below that say little thing. And then below that, uh, very small lines that say, I might do this. So right. um, if you can put your one big thing at the top, then you're setting it up so that visually it's smacking you straight in the face all day long and you get it done first. Uh, it, there was a, a kid I was working with who he avoided his homework over the weekend. And when I saw him on Monday, I said, how to go with the homework. He said, not good. I said, what happened? He said, I didn't do it. And, um, and now, now I'm in trouble. I said, well, what's the trouble? He said, well, now I, I lost half credit already and I still have to do it. I said, any other downsides? He said, yeah, but now my parents are mad at me and I was irresponsible. Anything else? <sighs> yeah. It's like, I'm that kid who like never does what he's supposed to do. And I said, but did you think about it during the weekend or did you just enjoy it? He said, no, I thought about it. I said, well, how often? He said, like 30 times. Right. <laughs> like all weekend long. So, you know, I said, well, that's actually the, the, the as big a consequence as any of the others. Sure, your parents can judge you. Your, your teacher can judge you. Yeah, you're going to feel guilty. But really, it's like your weekend, you weren't free. But if you just done that thing Friday afternoon, just got how much work was it? he said like twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah. All right. That's that's the choice you made. You know, you you're gonna you're gonna give up a whole weekend because you just can't stomach doing it for twenty or thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, eat that frog. Get it, right. get it done. And I think all of us, we all have that. It's not just a kid thing. It's a, I mean, I, I do that all the time. You know, I sit there and look at a pile of laundry and I'm like, oh, I got to get to that later. got to get to that later. And then I'm just constantly thinking of it. And if I just, you know, did it and got it out of the way. Yeah. I try to tune in um, with that stuff to physically how I'm feeling, Danielle. Like actually like in my body, like how I'm feeling because I actually get a certain discomfort, like actually that I can feel when I know I'm avoiding something. I can keep avoiding it, but I'm not going to feel better like till it's done. Totally. So, um, you know, or, or at least I have a plan for it. So I think that's one thing that parents can do. And of course, as we model it, we're more able to convince our kids. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I want to talk a little bit about extracurricular activities because I think another part of everything. And I, I don't know if this is where everybody lives or this is just a suburban New Jersey thing. I'm not really sure. 
but the overscheduling of, uh, you know, and, and, and to the point where I think as parents, we're, we feel the pressure because everybody's kids are doing a thousand activities. And if your kid isn't on the travel baseball and the rec baseball and the school baseball, then, you know, somehow you're, he's not going to keep up with the other kids. And it's a big problem. And I think, we're over scheduling our kids so much and sacrificing our time so much. How do we decide what, first of all, do we let our kids do everything? Number one, is that the answer that we really do let our kids, you know, do the the dance and the cooking and the, you know, lacrosse and whatever, or are we, are, are we supposed to sit them down? Like my parents used to do and say, that, you know, you're choosing one thing or you're choosing two things and that's it. Uh, so two st- I, I would I'd answer it in two stages. Uh, I think there's a great time in a kid's life to expose them to a lot so they kind of know what's out there and they can make an informed decision. So, uh, you know, the younger they are, they they get to try out Chinese class and they get to try out, you know, lacrosse or soccer or whatever. But as they get older, I think it's increasingly important for them to make decisions. They'll have to in high school. You can't play every sport, for example. And you get, you know, the demands of each activity get to be, you know, um, well, you know, rather significant. So um, having been through this with a couple of kids, um, one thing that I did with my kids was to create a, a priorities matrix. It's it's a little, it's not that complicated. I think I can explain it by voice. Um, but it is in the book, but it's just a grid and the grid on, on, on one axis, you put down like the, the five activities that they want to do, you know, tap dance and cello and Hebrew school or whatever it is, you know, all these things. And then you do the same across and you have these activities and they have to choose for each of the two, you match them up. You say, all right, if you had to choose between cello and tap class, what would it be? They're like, uh, you had to choose. Okay. And they, uh, I guess it's tap, tap dancing and boom, 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 boom. You do that for every one of these pairs. It's just a little matrix. And then you count out the number of wins for each activity and it can be very striking. So my older daughter, who's just finished her freshman year in college, we did this when she was much younger. She's like 12 or 13 and cello real life example, got zero votes for cello lessons. We were paying money for the cello lessons Mm -hmm. and she liked them. She liked the cello lessons and she had a phenomenal teacher, but it came in last place. And so it was, we weren't going to do that and jazz and contemporary and ballet and all whatever else she does for dance. So cello lost out. She still played in the, in the, in the, whatever you call it, the orchestra with, with the group, but she didn't get the private lessons. Right. That's Okay. We can be mediocre at some things. In fact, we probably should be below average at some things, but just participate, you know, because it's fun. Yeah. And then there are other things where being average is fine. And then maybe there are one or two things where we really invest our energies and we're really good at it because we, we found that, that that's the intersection of our talent and our passion. So, you know, she's found her stuff. She's got her passion. She's, she's got her major in college is musical theater. Like, and it's really impressive what she's gotten to already, but she wouldn't have done that if she did everything. Mm -hmm. She would have been kind of like, you know, whatever, pretty okay at a whole bunch of things. 
What about on the opposite end? Um, I love the idea of the matrix for, uh, you know, all the activities because I do think that's a huge problem. On the other end, what about the kid whose parents are just dying for him to have a passion and all they want to do is play video games or all the girl wants to do is, you know, Snapchat and social media or go shopping or, you know, not to stereotype, but that is, you know, a, a lot of times... There's a lot of truth to to the stereotypes and, uh, you know, they are stereotypes. I get it. Sometimes it is awakening kind of a sleeping giant, um, finding what the kid's interested in. I had one mom say to me, you know, um, and I know you're into ultimate Frisbee. It's one of my like addictions. That's probably my biggest addiction. And uh, so, I, so I, I said, that's nice. Is he into that? She said, well, I don't know. Could you convince him to try it though? So I, I, sit down with a kid and I said, you know, he and I have a good relationship. I said, said, uh, your mom wants me to get you to do an extracurricular. Are you interested? He said, probably not. And, and I, I said, I know you'll, and he's big into gaming. So, right. You know, fits your stereotype. And I said, um, look, she wants me to get you to think about ultimate Frisbee. You know, that's my thing. He's like, yeah, it's cool. I said, does it interest you? No, that's totally cool. It's not for everybody. Is there something that interests you, though? I don't, it could be really weird. I don't care what it is. But, you know, something that, that would involve, I don't know, people and not just video games, but something else. And he looks around like he looks around and he, he conspiratorial, you know, conspiratorial look at me and he goes, improv comedy. I said, improv comedy. That's really cool. Does your high school have a club or something? And he goes, no, I can't join it. And I said, no, you couldn't join it, could you? But that means there's an opportunity for someone to start one. He started the improv club at his high school. Wow. This is a kid who's like all about, you know, video games and whatever. He started an improv club. And he's not a particularly, you know, outgoing kid. He's somewhat introverted, but he did it. And 30 kids signed up for it at the club, you know, oh, sign wow. up. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, but you don't get that. If you, if you think you know what your kid needs to do and you don't respect their sovereignty, um, then, you know, we end up like, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You know, I don't know. Does my kid need to be a great soccer player? I don't know. Probably not. You know? But it is good to get them out there trying things. I do think it's good to try to figure out what it is. And maybe they won't tell us, but they'll tell that cool aunt or that cool uncle or someone. You know, right. they'll like, mm-hmm. you know, let them know what their secret passion is. It isn't just Snapchat or Fortnite, you know. Well, should we as parents kind of change our ideas of what extracurricular activities are? Because those are changing too. Like when we were younger, playing video games was just like a dumb waste of time kind of thing. But now it's a sport. It's on ESPN. I mean, it's like the next level of what's coming as sports. So, you know, people are making money doing it. People are making money, you know, on social media, on YouTube, like they're businesses. They're not just a waste of time anymore. So do we need to kind of expand our horizons with the times and maybe change our attitude a little bit? Adam, I've never been asked that question. And it's, it's just, I love the question. <laughs> wow. Um, that is like a 21st century genius question. I never get that. Um, maybe. Um, there are there are these, you know, whatever, you know, these e-games, the, the e-Olympics. Yeah. There's a big feature recently on NPR about kids doing this and whatever. Um, I think to some extent, yes. 
Um, there's, there's definitely a little bit of that. I mean, let me take an, an in-between example, an easy example, like robotics. That's something we could probably all agree. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like that requires programming. So, okay, one step further. What about coding to do your own, to create your own video games? I think at this point, most adults, more and more adults would say, that's okay. That's, I mean, you're creating something. We just don't love the idea of the kid being a consumer and passive and just sitting there and like trying to, you know, um, whatever, figure out the games and these role-playing games and multiplayer games, et cetera. Um, I know a guy in my town who is, he's kind of a world famous poker player. Like he wins a lot of money and, and this guy, you know, he went to Harvard and he's, I mean, he's got every freaking credential you can imagine. And he, he could have done a whole bunch of things, but he chose poker and he's really good at it. And he, 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 he brings home the bacon with that. Although his wife brings home money as a, a doctor as well. Mm. But, um, I, I, I don't judge if that's something that has some potential, you know, realistic potential. You just know how like kids used to always say like, um, I'm going to be a professional basketball player, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, what's your plan B, you know, like, right. like kids like me, like these, these little five foot five guys are like, you're probably not going to be a pro. So I think that it's, it's okay to say, you know, you should work on that. In fact, I think if you give it a bit of a blessing, you know, you say you can work on that, but you also need to, you also need to um, make sure that you, that you have certain other skills. And, and so I can speak to my own daughter's experience. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. My own daughter always knew she wanted musical theater. And that's not an easy way to make a living by hoping you'll make it on Broadway. It, it, you know, even, even if you do get there, you might not make enough to support yourself. Never mind pay off college debts uh, or, or, you know, or travel to Canada, you know, once, once every five years. It's just not that easy. In high school, she went to an arts high school where she worked very hard and had some great roles, really great roles. But she also did great in math and science and, you know, worked hard in all of her subjects. I think it's always good to have that, that backup. And that's a good message for kids. Pursue your passion, but also make sure that you've put in the effort elsewhere too, so that you have options. Uh, to me, that's how I, I personally mm-hmm. would handle it. Right. Tell like maybe instead of coming down so hard on our kids about the video games, if we showed an interest then they would be more open to, you know, rather than just being like, that's dumb. Well, okay, let's sit down, show me how to play this game, or I want to see, you know, what you've learned or whatever. And now you need, you know, now let's do something else. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes what you find out, Danielle, is there's actually some real talent involved, Um, you know, or the game has more to it or whatever the, the um, more, the app has more features 
than you think. I, I remember trying to get my daughter to get off Snapchat and like stop doing it. I didn't understand about streaks. I didn't know what streaks were. Right. I thought Snapchat was just posting pictures, but turns out there were streaks. That's why she kind of couldn't stop for a while. She's done with streaks now. She said she outgrew them. Right. Um, so great. But I, and Fortnite, I thought Fortnite was the world's dumbest thing ever. Then I tried it because some of my students played it. It's fun. It's mm -hmm. not gory, really. And it's just kind of a fun game. I, I thought, this, I get it. You know, I'll play it for 15 minutes. Oops, there went an hour. Right. right. So, I get it. so I don't judge my students when, they, when they're into it. I say, I get it. Do you also understand how your brain works and why it's addictive? And how if you play, you're so depleted and your adrenals worked up and your cortisol levels are high. And you're so depleted that the, the thing your body craves is another hit. Yeah. That's what's going on. And so you're going to be in this cycle of needing a hit and then being really spent and needing the next hit. So, you know, that's just what's going on. Let's, you know, and now let's focus on getting something done for a little bit. So, you know, I think we're trying to educate our kids over time, patiently, to sure, they can pursue these passions, but they also need to have, so Adam... I would say, yeah, pursue the passion, but you need to have some discipline too. The discipline factor is really important right. for themselves, not us disciplining them, but for them to have self-discipline, mm. that, that, no matter what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of goes over to the idea now, I know a lot of parents have, it's an issue of, obviously all our kids are on social media, it's unavoidable and everything. And it's, it's hard sometimes to know, like, I'll, you know, my, my kids will be sitting doing their work and it's hard. How do you know, well, they're sitting there. It seems like they're doing their homework, but really they're not. And they're doing something else. And it's, you know, I know there are apps and everything that can help you monitor, um, you know, so, and, and, and you can't, we can't be on top of our kids all the time. We just can't. Well, let's say even if we could, would we want to, A, we have a life, you know, we have our own lives, but B, would they really learn to, again, self-discipline is, is what it's about. So um, I'll give you, you know, kind of two answers. First, there are plenty of good apps out there, um, there that I do think are, are worthwhile, usable. Um, there are apps I don't like very much. There's one called IamBigBrother.com. Oh, boy. I, <laughs> I don't like it. Because <laughs> yeah, no. Then you're your kids depending on you all the time and you, you know, you're always monitoring them and there's always tension and fights on uh, their better apps. So like self-control um, for, for Macs, uh, stay focused for PC users. These are ones where the kids choose what they're going to blacklist, what they don't want access to that. You might offer some suggestions um, and you can do either the push pull method. You can either say you have discretion but if it turns out you're not getting your homework done, I'm going to get more involved in setting that timer with you. And we're going to set it for 30 minutes where you can't be distracted. Um, so, so it blocks the other places while your kid's blocks. doing the work. Okay. It, block, it blocks those apps for a period of time. Um, you could also do the other. The, you can flip it to make it a whitelist, meaning you can only have access to this one thing because the kid says, but I need my computer for, you know, you know, for my uh, wiki page that the teacher put up. Fine. You get access to wiki page mm -hmm. that your teacher put up. And that's the only thing you have for 30 minutes. Uh, um, they eventually need to buy in. I had a student who, uh, this, this girl, she was in eighth grade. And when she learned the, the self-control app, her writing just 
skyrocketed. And it wasn't that I had become so much better a coach or anything. It's just that she had reached the place where she was willing to put some some uh, restrictions on herself. And that was amazing. So, you know, she said, Michael, this changed my life to have this. And we didn't actually need too much coaching, you know, literally within a couple of months, she had kind of mastered everything and, and been able to do it. Um, I do think that the apps are, are a really good way to go. If you have screen time is another good one. Uh, for the iPhone, there's an app called Forest, which um, every time you pick up your phone, it threatens you. Like, <laughs> you're trying to grow, like, like, like you try to grow these trees, you have 15 minutes, I want to grow a tree. It's like, would you like to grow a better tree and go 30 minutes? No, 15 is just fine. Well, you pick up your phone while the timer's still going, and it says, you, uh, you know, basically you nincompoop, you're about to kill your tree. You, you really want to do that. And then you've got this record, this little square of all the dead trees that you, you hmm. killed. It's your, and so, you know, <laughs> like you could check that. You could say, you say, really? you got like five dead trees here. Can you just get one live one in the next 30 minutes? One live tree. Um, and you can also laugh a little bit with them. It is kind of funny. And you can let them know we all struggle with it. I mean, adults, we have we have Netflix, right? You know, next episode in three, two, right. one. Oh, well, you know, I'm hooked in now. I I can't possibly turn it off. I mean, we, we struggle with it. So, um, but if we understand that, that they're being asked to do a job they didn't, choose they're not paid for it's not fun you know for the most part we get where most kids are coming from right uh yeah so anyway i i do appreciate that i i don't you know i do think that the model is is a good idea too um and then maybe just this other thing this is kind of funny but i had this with my younger daughter she'll be a sophomore this year in high school and um i came home she was studying on quizlet do you guys know quizlet mm-hmm. that flashcards mm-hmm. thing so she's studying for a bio test on, on Quizlet. I'm like, oh, good for her. And then I look on the right side of the screen are all these ads popping up, you know, for swimwear because she's a swimmer. So I said, uh, honey, you know, those ads, are they distracting you? Stupid question. Of course they're distracting her. She said, no, dad. Ah, you know, what do I do now? I call her a liar. No, I can't do anything. So I said, I could block them for you if you want. I, all I have to do is pay $15. You'll be ad free. He said, I'm fine, dad. Mm-hmm. So I got this. So I said, okay, sweetie, I look forward to seeing the A that you get on that test. Bye. And I walk out. I'm like, yes. Okay. So, you know, unfortunately she came home with an A on the test. So I couldn't <laughs> say it. About it. But a couple weeks later, I look at the screen, you know, she's doing her studying. And she's got a piece of paper taped over where the ads pop up. A little piece of scotch tape. And I said, oh, what's that? I'm trying not to be snarky about it. Like, oh, I guess who figured out that their dad was right. But I just said, oh, you know, what, what's going on? She said, well, um, I'm studying and I don't want to look at the ads. I said, why not? And she said, well, dad, this test is harder. That's why. So, oh, okay. So she knew. Yeah. Right? Now, do all kids have that ability to know and so forth? No, but if I had forced her the first time, no ads ever, say she had gotten a C on the test instead of the A, opportunity to learn. It's everything is an opportunity to learn. Anyway, you know, I, I said, well, good job. And you saved me the $15. So let me give you five of that. And she said, well, how about the other 10, dad? Right, <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway. 
one more thing uh, definitely about with going back to school and everything that I know uh, was a big question and and for us too uh, is the kid who is constantly forgetting things unorganized my daughter would come home a lot and um, you know I'd say to her is your homework done did you do it all yes yes and then the next day you know because now you can see every grade it pops up as soon as they get it on you know Google Classroom and all this stuff um, I would see that there was an assignment missing and she said well I thought I had it all done I thought I knew you know but it turns out that I I didn't check or I didn't there's I think that happens a lot and there are those kids who it's just a constant it's so frustrating and they forget books at home and books at school and yeah it's 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 really you you can't how do you get an a when you don't have the assignment um so so she can she has access to the assignments at home through the you know through the online portal or whatever right but she doesn't have the materials she doesn't have the materials right yeah she either doesn't that, have that, the materials or she just didn't check the assignments or she didn't you know and 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 as a parent you say to yourself a little bit we some of us aren't even technologically enough sa- savvy enough to to know that they're you know where they're checking or, or and if we do like you said we can't we don't want to be on top of them all the time they, we can't be on top of them all the time what are some skills that we can give them or some tips for us to help them not do that anymore um yeah first question I, and i hate to bring us back to the very beginning but is the motivation question does she want to do well like is that does she feel is it just because, you know, it's important. How old is she? And is it a matter of, uh, I don't remember to write it down. I don't write it down accurately. Or, um, or uh, I just don't want to do it. Do, do you have a sense of that? Yeah, I think she wants to do well. I think that she, um, you know, could be a little like it's, it's scattered all over the place, um, maybe not as organized as she should be. Um, and mm-hmm. and I think it, she's, you know, I always say like you're doing a disservice to yourself. And, you know, when she she does well in school, when she has the assignments. Um, okay. But I hear this a lot from parents is yeah. Ugh, my yeah. kid, you know, they lose everything. They, you know, they just they can't keep it together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a couple of things, depending on, tell me what, what grade she's going into. Ninth. She's going to ninth grade. Yeah. So she definitely wants to, it's okay. She definitely wants to get this right now. Yeah. I mean, this is absolutely, this is, like, you know, it, you know, this is, this happens also for lots of younger kids too. And, and sometimes older, um, but ninth grade she definitely wants to get it right. Absolutely. So, um, okay. So the, you know, the first thing is, um, does she have does she have any system that could work for her for for capturing the assignments um and you know so the first thing is to find out is the online structure that the school uses 100% reliable i had a kid who did not want to work with me um because his par- he said because my parents are going to make me use that assignment notebook and i don't want to i was like well what's wrong with an assignment notebook he said everything's online i don't need to write it down and I, I was like, every subject? He said, well, not English. But otherwise, yes. I said, all right, so what do you do for English? He said, well, I write that one down. So first we got to find out on the kind of the homework chain. Like there's this whole sequence, um, the 21 items, like what you need to do to get your homework done right. Um, but the first one is capturing the assignments. So if it's already captured at school, then it, you know it's going to be online. You've removed one barrier, but it doesn't remove the barrier of having the stuff that you need at home. So 
she may need to at the beginning, and this is going to feel frustrating to her, and that's good. So, mm-hmm. but the frustrating thing that she's going to need to do at the beginning, probably to have the teacher's um, initial and assignment book. Right. That's going to feel pretty embarrassing and stupid, but she can do it somewhat discreetly. No, you've, again, you have two ways to go. One is not make her start that way, but if, if she gets behind on assignments after two weeks, you need to put this into play. You know, have her just have the teacher give an initial. Yep, she's got the right assignment. That that eliminates at least she doesn't know what it is at the end of the day she get her books. If the other way to do it is to just start the year that way, and then if the assignments are going well, remove that support so she can earn her way out of that. Um, you know, you oh great, you got the assignments great for the first two weeks. We can drop this thing. And you could let her choose. Which way would you like to go, honey? Would you like it to be, you know, where you start off using the support, drop it if you earn your way out, or that you don't use it, but then it's, we need to put it in if you're, if, so I, I think giving older kids, and by older, I mean like fifth grade up, giving them that choice is a powerful thing. Um, because the damage isn't going to be too great in two weeks. It's enough, but all right. So let's say either way, let's say she's got the teacher's signature. Great. We've got that now. What you need to include in that space for, say, English language arts or math or whatever it is, is a little section for things I need. So it, so um, picture, you know, like a, a horizontal you know, box for English and it says read pages, whatever. Well, obviously, what's going to be next to that is Romeo and Juliet or whatever it is, or it's, you know, physics do problems, whatever. And then it's textbook and boom, you've got that. I would just say, well, there's one caveat to this, which is um, there are kids who might have an IEP or a 504 plan as some sort of, you know, special needs that it's really better to have two sets of books. Right. And right. the district for a kid who has that accommodation, the district can, can, they can provide that. Um, they won't want to, they may be difficult about it, but, for some kids lugging those books back and forth every day, not to mention killing their spines, but it, it, it may be uh, too much for them. They may not have time and the organizational skills to get it together before the bell and make the bus. So it may be at the beginning, if it's, if it's your kid or someone who's listening to this, whose child um, really struggles, they may need a little bit of support at the beginning, as in a ride home or as in um, a teacher that will help them to, you know, review that at the end of the day if, if they have a an IEP or a 504 for that. But for most kids, I'd say having the actual materials that they're going to need for each subject written down and approved by the teacher, that is a way to do it. And then when they come home, you can check that and say, okay, show me, you know, again, two weeks of showing me that, that you got everything and then I back off. Or two weeks if I'm not involved, and then if it if it isn't going well, and I'll check in after two weeks, then I do need to get involved. So you know we always want to wean the support, but we may need to provide a bit more at the beginning because that just might be what that particular child needs at the start. Right, Danielle, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think 
I like the idea of having her write down everything she needs for that assignment um, because sometimes just knowing the assignment doesn't always or you know she'll get home and then she'll be like oh I thought it was going to be online but it's not it turns out I was supposed to so that that is part of the you know part of it also is that she just needs to um, you know have have an idea of what she needs for the assignment so that makes total sense. It is frustrating for a ninth grader to get a teacher signature, but it's not that uncommon. It does happen. It can be done very you know, discreetly. Um, but the problem is sometimes the teacher will write it on the upper left-hand side of the board every day, and they post it three days out of five or whatever, but they expect the kids to write it down too. And right. so on the day where the teacher didn't post it online, that kid who didn't write it also is now in, in bad shape. So we so. should probably be having our kids write down their assignments, not just rely I on. Would, I would say that, you know, certainly to start any school year, at the start of the year, assume your teacher is not perfect. And this is, you know, say it, you know, say it to your children, your teachers, they, they may be wonderful, caring people, but they may make mistakes at times. They may not always post the assignment. But if it's up on the board and you don't write it, that means you're partially, it means that it's your responsibility too. Right. So yeah, always have them write it at the beginning of right. the year until you find out, you might find out after, you know, after two or three weeks, that math teacher, it's always on the board and it's always right. Yeah. Okay. Then you can start to say the odds are in my favor. Right. So. Well, I know there, you know, there are so many of us who we go into the year so hopeful and that this year will be different and, you know, that, that. Uh, for our kids that this this will be the year that they get it together. And, um, you know, I hope that that's sort of, <laughs> no, I'm hoping well, that have, for the upcoming year. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. and when they start and then see how it, what happens. Because, you know, they do grow greatly throughout the summer and they do changes, you know, with their responsibilities and as people, they're getting older. Yeah. So I think you give it, you know, the first two weeks, see what's happening and then you kind of have to deal with it at that point. So let's hope be hopeful at least from now until well, school they, starts. They can, you know, they can start very gung ho, and then things start to teeter off a little bit. You know, but then s- at least you know they're capable, right? You know? Right. Well, I think yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think our kids are capable. It's more of just uh, it's you know it's <laughs> it's it's having to buckle down and do it. So it, it's a it's a fun thing to listen to the two of you, um, and I know that's why you know your show is so popular. You guys have a, a, a like an ability to understand each other's perspective, even though you could both see like, uh, you're, you're like one of you, one of you is like 60, 40. Well, let's, let's put up a little bit of support, you know, Danielle and Adam, you're a little more like 60, 40, like, let's see how it goes. Oh yeah. 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 That's exactly you figured how out, it You is. figured us out in one hour. Yeah. So <laughs> you're pretty much, yeah, got us right. pain, but I think that's really good. I mean, that that kids kind of need both perspectives and they it's really useful for them to see, all right, you know, and, 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 but ultimately for both parents to say, we could go either way on this, you know, as, a, as, as parents. We could give you a little bit of space, see how it goes, or we could start off with, you know, the uh, clamping down a bit and preventing problems and then you earn your freedom. Um, and you go either way. It it's there's not. I don't think there's a right answer on this. I do think having the conversation with the kids is actually a thing that parents don't do, and would would really get a lot out of because right. 
it, it's involving your kid as a partner in their own education. And that's something kids just, they, 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 they don't feel like, um, how can I say it? They feel more like objects and subjects in the education process. They feel like they're just kind of stuck on, you know, the old, if you remember that movie, The Wall from Pink Floyd, they're on this conveyor belt and they're just kind of being brought along. Right. They don't, they don't feel a sense of agency and ownership. It's like school, school, something that happens to you. It's not something that I make decisions about. But I, I think it's really great to, even before the school year, year starts to ask them, what are your goals this year? You know, what are the things you're worried about? What would it take for you to ask us for help? You know, what would it take for you to say, huh, I probably need to see that teacher and kind of do, you know, figure out what's going on here, you know, and, and what would be your idea of success and, and make you feel really good? Um, and it's not, it can't just be about grades. It should be something that's more effort oriented, like, well, I start my homework at a reasonable time or I get it done before, you know, 10 PM or whatever, or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. there are a lot of ways to measure success, but I think involving them in that conversation it empowers them. It makes them feel, and it really does increase their investment in education because they feel, like, oh, that's my school, you know, right? Not, not just for mom and dad, you know. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for you know. There's so, so much valuable um, information, and your book is your kid's going to be okay, which I love the title because we do all Thanks. worry about that. Um, and everyone should check out Beyond Booksmart because really, I do think that they're. I mean. And you and for adults too. It's not just kids, right? Yeah. You, yeah, adults yep. too. Workforce, yeah. It 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 can be tough when um when you're in college or you're transitioning to a new job. Just to oh my gosh, how do I manage all the competing demands and all that? So absolutely, yeah. Right. Well, thank, thank you, you so much, Michael. This was great, and I, I think it, it's going to help a lot of parents. And I, I hope everybody has a great year this year. And I'm <laughs> wishing everybody a whole lot of luck and success. Benefit because, of the doubt. Remember that. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll try it. <laughs> all right, Michael. Thanks. It was thank a lot of fun. Thank you so much. It was very nice yeah. to meet you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye.